0: I am the father of the Effortless English system that trains you. You speak English fluently. You speak English powerfully. You speak English confidently. You speak English effortlessly. When you join my VIP program, EffortlessEnglishClub.com, go there, join my VIP program, commit, don't quit. There's a good reason for that too, an extra bonus. You got a couple extra bonuses as my VIP member. Number one, you're getting today, I am sending the email after the show today, you will get a discount code for my Business English course. That's the topic today, Business English and my Business English course. So VIP members, later today, tomorrow, check your email, check your spam folder, check everything and use that discount code because it will expire. It's not permanent, so use it immediately. If you want that discount, then I suggest you uh, join the VIP program today, immediately, right after the show. Join, and you might get that code, maybe in time. The other nice uh, extra bonus for VIP members is the, the movie club. The movie club recordings. I, they're getting transcript transcribed now. I have been emailing my transcriptionist. She's working on them. They'll be done by the end of the month, she said. By the end of this month, by the end of November, uh, this is for the movie The Matrix, all those lessons. Uh, we'll have the text for everything by the end of the month. And this week, I am meeting again with my web one of my web designers that does my course site, They'll get that site also. So we're looking at our, somewhere around the end of this month, beginning of next month, VIP members, you will also get all those movie lessons. It's another reason to join. Of course, you get new two new units every single month as a VIP member. It's just powerful. You should join. Now, speaking of today's topic, is the Business English Conversations course. I've been talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. Finally ready, finally available. And as I said, <laughs> I am finally, for VIP members, sending you a discount code. So you get a discount, a very nice discount on this course. Use it fast. I'm just going to show you very quickly the website. So to get that Business English course go to my website it's business effortlessenglishclub.com uh, you can just go to the bottom of the page the course catalog if you want you'll see Business English course or if you want the full website it's effortlessenglishclub.com slash English. so either way Go to the website. At the bottom, there's a menu that has all my courses, Business English course. And it's uh, effortlessenglishclub.com slash businessenglish. Here you see the site if you're watching on video. This is the, the page where you buy my Business English course. And it says, you know, you can see the headline, Start Speaking Business English Today and Improve Your Career. So this is important because this is a course that teaches you Business English. With real idioms and real conversations. But the other thing about this course, I think that makes it special, that makes it different, is it's a career course. It teaches you how to make more money in your job, in your career. It teaches you how to do job searches in a very powerful way. How to make a good resume and cover letter. A whole system for job searching that is very, very, very effective. That I used many times in my career early on. Teaches you how to do and perform well in job interviews. In English or in your language. Teaches you how to manage your career so that once you have a job... You can get better jobs and get paid more and make more money. So really managing your career to make the most money you can and to get the best jobs you can, the, the most enjoyable, the most meaningful jobs. And that's what makes this different because, you know, I always teach more than just English. Just I always teach English, but it's I, I want to give you real life skills, something useful. And so this is a career course, too. And then, you know, you'll see on this page, it says, do you want more freedom? Do you want to earn more money in your job? Do you want uh, better, more interesting jobs? More success? As I say don't studying business English textbooks. Learn how to speak business English like a successful business person. Learn how to think like a successful business person. In this course, I'm teaching you how to think like a business person. Most employees don't think like a business person. They have employee thinking. And this is why they're they're very limited. This is why they have a hard time getting new jobs. This is why they are stressed about getting jobs, about applying for jobs, about searching for jobs. They're stressed about job interviews, they're stressed about resumes because they don't really know how to think like a business person. So even if you don't start your own business, you're not an entrepreneur, you still need to think like a business person because that's how you make the most money and get the best jobs and have the least, the smallest amount of stress in your working life. And I teach you how to do that. And my father does too because I did this course with my dad. Okay, and on the page, you'll see me there with my arms folded, the picture, looking very businesslike, like <laughs> And my nice suit. All right, and then uh, just I'm just kind of going through the page just to show you the page where you buy the course. Another headline says, Are you nervous in business English meetings? In business meetings, sorry. Are you afraid to give business presentations in English? Do you need business English to succeed with your job and your career? And you can learn to speak business English like a successful business person. Learn business English from successful businessmen. And so here, you know, I introduced that this is actually a course that I made with my father. So there's two of us. This is our names are George Hogue and A.J. Hogue. So George Hogue, that's my dad. And you know, we are not only English teachers, we're also successful businessmen. And my dad had my dad kind of more of a traditional businessman and uh, a traditional career where he worked in a large company. It was IBM, a big, huge company for most of his life. And he has a master's in business, you know, I'm not in business English. He has a master's in business, an MBA. He was a manager and did very well in that corporate world, that big business world. And so kind of the very traditional kind of business and career. That's his experience and his mindset which is nice, it's good, it's useful. A lot of people want that. I, on the other hand, as you probably know, (laughs) not like that at all. I hate big companies, uh, working for them, uh, I, find, I find those jobs to be super boring, I'm an entrepreneur, I started my own business, I always hated working for other people, but I know how to think like an entrepreneur, I know how to think like a business person because I am one. I understand marketing, I understand uh, you know, persuasion, I understand these things and how to use them in your career. Even if you are not an entrepreneur, you can use these same skills to get paid more and to have a better career and to get a job and to have less stress, all of these things. And so what's interesting about this course, I think, just my personal, what I am excited about the course, is that the course is based on conversations between my dad and myself. And so you're getting these two quite different perspectives, right? Points of view. You're getting the point of view of my father who had a very traditional and successful career in a big company and then you're getting the point of view from me of an entrepreneur someone who's started his own business also successful but but in in a much more um a much less traditional way more kind of you know new business entrepreneur online marketing all that kind of stuff And so, I think what's interesting is that we do often agree on things. You know, there are certain principles that work for both that are important. And you'll hear those in the conversations as my dad and I discuss them. And then also in each unit, you get a, a commentary. You'll get one from my dad and one from me. And sometimes we have different ideas. So, he might give you some advice and then I give you different advice. I think this is good because it depends on your personality. You can decide which one fits you better. Are you more like my dad? More traditional? You work in a large company? You want that kind of career? You're more focused on security and things like that? That's great. Then you get some great advice from my dad because he was very successful in that kind of career. If you're more like me, (laughs) if you're more into being creative and you want freedom and flexibility, then you get some kind of creative, innovative ideas from me and you can choose those if they fit you better. Or you can do both, right? A lot of times you can use, take some great ideas from my dad, some great ideas from me, and they will, and really combine them to have a lot of success. So that's, I think is very interesting. In terms of the English, this, these are real conversations. So we did not have a script, we're not reading, okay? We're not reading a script. Hi dad, let's talk about resumes okay, AJ, let's talk about, you know, we're not doing that. That's crazy. It's stupid. We're just saying, you know, we just said we're sitting, we recorded these in Hawaii, actually. And we just would choose the topic. We said, let's talk, okay, let's talk about resumes, how to make a great resume so you can get a job interview. So let's just talk about this topic and how you do it and what makes a great resume. And then I just said, all right, Ready? Yes, go. And we hit record and we started talking. That's it. So that's, that. we just chose the topic. That's all. There's no script. It's very natural conversations in each unit. And that means that you get a, like I've, as I have said, my dad uses a lot of idioms just naturally. I don't, I don't use so many. I use some, you know, all the native speakers use some, but uh, I just naturally tend to use less. It's just my speaking styles, my personality, whatever. And my dad, naturally, it's his style that he uses a lot more. But that's nice because you will get a lot, a lot, a lot of idioms uh, in from the conversations, <laughs> mostly from my dad. And, you know, of course, they fit into these business topics. So, you're getting this very natural business English. A lot of business English courses are too formal, much too formal. But, you know, in in real business, in the real business world, especially Americans, I would say North Americans, because it includes Canadians, uh, people are fairly casual, fairly casual, even in a business setting. And So, I think it's a much more natural, real kind of business English, rather than what you often find. So, it's another nice thing, I think, about the course. And of course you'll learn with your ears, you won't study grammar rules, etc. And then finally it says what do you get? It's a 4 month course. This is a 4 month course. You get it's a you know, so 16 weeks. Specifically, And each week you get a module, a unit. Each unit includes, you know, the vocabulary. Le- well, first of all, it includes the conversation, the real conversation about this topic with really good advice for your career, for your business uh, career, your job career. Then there's a vocabulary lesson. I explain, I did those. I explain all the vocab in the conversation. So you learn all those idioms, all the vocab, business English. Then there's a commentary from me with my additional advice for you from my kind of more entrepreneurial mindset and then there's a business conversation I mean a business commentary advice from my father more traditional large business kind of point of view and then of course you get text you get the transcripts for everything And that's it. And then you'll see at the course, then at the bottom, you have two payment choices. This one's a little more expensive, this course, than my uh, uh, Power English course. But so you can pay in monthly payments, six payments. So you can break it up into small amounts if you want. Or you can just do one big payment and you save money if you do that. Now, as I said, there is actually a discount code, which is for VIP members. Watch your email. So if you click to buy, you go to this page. This is the payment page. You'll see the nice picture of my dad and myself at the top. And then right down here, it'll say promo code, a little space. You put the code there. You'll get in the email, VIP members, and click this little button that says apply. It's a red button. And then it will give you the discount. That's it. Simple, simple, simple. OK, well, OK, I'll take a few questions about this and then we can just chat the rest of the show. Then I'll just talk about, you know, random questions, any questions you like. But let's first start with some business. Any questions you have about the course or business English in general, I'll answer those first. And then I'll just do any general questions you have. Sometimes I'll, I'll do some general questions. Okay, so Maxim says, uh, I'm a VIP. Really looking forward to get your Business English Conversations course. I hope I will get the discount code. Thank you. Yes, just like I said, tonight I'm sending it. Tonight, my time. So just look, you know, in the next 24 hours, watch your inbox in your email and also check your spam box just in case. Mm, Cher has the business course. She says, I love your business course. Thank you, Cher. Hope you're doing well in Vietnam. Is it okay to do, uh, Vladislav says, is it okay to do VIP and business English lessons at the same time? Yeah, totally fine. Absolutely. You can, they, they fit together perfectly well. No problem combining. You can really combine any of my courses, if you like. They all, you know, they don't, they don't contradict each other. It's totally fine. You just need a little extra time each day. That's the main thing. If you're doing more than one course, then you need probably at least two hours a day or something like that. Two to three hours a day. You need a little more time if you want to do more than one. Yeah, Aline, with a good point, getting to this point of uh, idioms, some native speakers use so many idioms and phrasal verbs well phrasal verbs they all every we all use those but the idioms that makes us learners very confused so many idioms yeah well you're right some people do this is this is true it's very individual you know it's just kind of there's everyone has their own kind of speaking style as i said just naturally not really because i'm an english teacher just because i don't know i've always been this way i just don't use a lot of idioms it's just i don't know don't do it. Not a habit. It's not, not a habit. I, I just, I use a few. But then there are other people. As I said, my dad, very naturally, just part of his personality, he uses them a lot. I've noticed my mom uses them more than I do. Probably less than my dad, but my mom uses more idioms than I do. And you're absolutely correct that some native speakers, such as my father, use idioms constantly. They use a lot of them. And indeed, these can be very confusing for for you, for English learners, because, you know, you understand maybe each individual word in the idiom, but then you have to kind of understand the, you know, the, the meaning of the whole phrase. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's fairly obvious, and sometimes it's not. And this is, this makes idioms challenging. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Thank you, Dulal. Says, th- congratulations on setting up the business course. Yeah, finally, huh? I tell you, every, these things always are much sl- more, always slower than I expect. Uh, Omar, say, you know, saying, I'm a project manager at a private company and business English helps me improve my skills. I'm preparing for the PMP exam. Well, great. Fantastic, Omar. Good luck to you. Oh well, this is This is something I've thought about. My my Mustafa says, can you make a course about marketing and selling? So, you know, business English is quite general, obviously, because we 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 talk about marketing. We do have one unit about marketing, but of course, we talk about resumes, job searching, interviewing. Uh, we talk about marketing and sales, but we also talk about you know accounting and finance. So we talking about kind of the, all the major areas for business English. Very general. So doing one that's very specifically focused on marketing and selling. Yes, I would like to do that because it's actually my favorite part of business. It's probably my best business skill. Like, I I will not teach you about accounting (laughs) because it's not my best business skill. I'd pay someone to do that. But the marketing I'm pretty good at. So I have thought about doing it. It would be fun to teach. Uh, I get this question all the time, but I'll, I'll answer it. Aline says, do you speak slowly because you want to make easy or natural way? This is my natural speed. I'm not trying to speak slowly. Yeah, well, Emmanuel, kind of following up on, again, the idiom question and slang... When a native speaker uses a lot of idioms, how do we figure out the meaning? Because most of them speak metaphorically. We have trouble grasping it. Well, you you either have to know it, learn it, if you, or you just have to ask them. You just have to say, I don't understand. You know, because uh, sometimes if they're using a lot of them, if they're very cultural, you might just need to say, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't understand. You know, if you... If, What does this phrase mean? You know, what does this mean? I don't understand it. So, you know, don't feel shy about that. It's fine to say, I don't understand. It's a very useful phrase in any language. I don't understand. (laughs) It's my favorite phrase in Japanese. (laughs) Wakaranai. Wakaremasen. O'Brien's oh, asking, are there mini-stories, like the question answer, mini-stories in the business course? Actually, no, they're not. This is this course is meant to be a little bit higher level. That's why. So it's based more on uh, natural conversations and commentaries with text and vocabulary lessons to help you understand. So that's the reason. It's, it's, this is meant to be a little bit more advanced, this course. Sir, yeah, can I earn millions by teaching spoken English? It's possible. What's the best method to learn the business course deeply? So, it uh, says, ask Russland. Well, it's the same, really. It's just the repetition, right? The way we've scheduled it is that you get one unit So, that's for... That's probably like an hour of audio per week you're getting. Maybe actually a little bit more than that. So, you try to get the maximum number of repetitions. Right? So, every day, listen two times to the audios or three times if you have time or even four times for a full week. Or you can go more slowly. Right? I mean, it's scheduled to be, you know, once a week. Each... You get a new unit every week. But... If you really want to learn deeply, you can go more slowly. You don't have to follow that schedule. Slower is even better. You could do um, each unit. You could do two weeks, repeat every day for two weeks, So repeating for 14 days instead of seven, or you could do the whole course four months and then do the whole course again an- another four months, right? So really learning deeply is all about repetition and you can kind of do as you like with that. Well, Motion, this is nice. Motion says, You are persuasive, but you don't exaggerate when you present your courses. They are great as much as you describe them. Thank you. Well, thank you, Motion. Yes, I try to be uh, persuasive, but as you said, don't exaggerate. Because I'm interested in long-term success, right? You can exaggerate. You can get a lot of sales one time. But then after that, nobody wants to buy anything more because you exaggerated too much. But if you're just honest, you're persuasive. You have to be persuasive. You have to sell. You have to market. This is part of business. There's nothing wrong with it. But you also have to be honest because then you keep customers for a long time. And then they will buy from you again and again and again. Oh, okay. Emmanuel says, uh, in terms of the idioms again, in the business course, are they specifically for business or can we use those idioms also in everyday life on the street? Yeah, I'd say there, may, there are a few maybe that are only for business, but most of them are general idioms that are useful in any situation. I mean, they're used in a business conversation by my dad mostly, but, but, uh, There are a few maybe that are just business only, but I'd say most of them are are more general. okay so now you can just ask me any questions you like if you want business english or generals we'll just do general questions for the rest of the day for the rest of this show so you can it can be business or something else Oh, okay, Giancarlo. Do you know anything about copywriting? With actually, with a W, like writing. Writing copy. This is different than copyright. It's, it's confusing because it's, it's pronounced exactly the same way. So, there... Um, so, just to be clear what we're talking about. There's copyright, which is law. A kind of law, right? Legal. Which means, you know, the right to... the legal right to copy something right it means that's like you can't no, no piracy you can't steal something that someone else made that's copyright with an r copy c o p y r blah 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 but then there's copy writing <laughs> with a w w r i t so writing like writing with a pen right and this is a business term and uh, specifically marketing, and it base it really what it means is writing, advertising, or writing marketing. A copywriter, copywriter, in marketing is someone who actually writes the words for an advertisement, uh, for, for anything that's meant to sell or to market. So do I? Anyth- do I know anything about it? Yes. It's probably my best business skill, is copywriting. So, yes, absolutely. I know a lot about it. I practice it. I practice it a lot. I have read a lot of books about this topic. Uh, You know, there's cop... I mean, yeah, this is... Like I said, this is probably my best business skill, is actually copywriting. I could probably get a job doing it (laughs) if I didn't want to teach English, because I have enough experience now. It has a lot to do with persuasion. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's just selling in writing. That's all it is. Copywriting is the process, <laughs> the skill of selling with written words. With written words instead of spoken. Now, of course, <laughs> it can be connected because as a copywriter, you can write something that that someone will actually speak, like a script, right? So... Yes. I do know about it and it's a very important skill. Well, I'll say this. It's a very, very, very useful skill. Even if you have a job just in a normal career. I mean, this is what, you know, I talk about this a bit in our in the business course that when you make a resume and when you do a cover letter, see, most people, they just get a book or they go online how to do a good resume, how to write a good cover letter. And they write some super freaking boring resume and some extremely boring cover letter. It's not copywriting. It's not persuasive. It doesn't sell. It's it's garbage. And that's what most of these books are telling you to do. It's bad advice. It's really bad advice that you find in most of these resume books In most of these um cover letter books right a cover letter is the letter you send uh, with your resume asking for a job so they're really garbage they're no good but I think like a copywriter okay I think like uh, someone who does is doing advertising sales and so I in the course teach you how to write a cover letter and a resume for uh, with this kind of mindset, with a marketing and sales mindset, to be persuasive. right Logically and rationally persuasive, but also emotionally persuasive. So, yes, I'm actually teaching you some basic copywriting uh, type of skills in this course. And I, I promise you, because I've done it myself. Okay, now a lot of people feel nervous about it because... It goes again, just like everything I do, right? Just like my English teaching goes against normal English teaching. It's very different. Well, same with my advice for resumes and cover letters and job searching. My advice, my way of doing it is very different than the normal way. But I promise you, it works. It's very effective, much more effective than the normal way. And I promise you, because I've done it myself, I used it again and again in my own life. It was effective for me in a few different careers. And I know others who have used it also effectively. Because, see, this is the thing. When you're trying in... uh, Most people, when they do a resume and cover letters and job search and job interviews also, honestly, all of those, most people are trying to be like everybody else. They're reading the same books, the same advice, and they're giving the same kinds of answers, the same kinds of letters, the same kinds of resumes. So, they're, they just seem the same as everybody, right? They're afraid to be different. But in marketing, I mean, you have to be different. You, if, you're, if, you're look, if, if you look the same as everybody that's not persuasive that's the opposite of persuasive it's boring nobody pays attention to you right I mean this is really basic for selling and for marketing but f- somehow with resumes and cover letters people forget this and they give terrible advice so everybody just looks the same and sounds the same every resume looks this, the same boring 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 they just throw them away in the trash can boom 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 same 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 Cover letter, same, boring, same, boring, same, boring. That's what the employers do, <laughs> okay? Because they have, a, they've got like, you know, 300 of them and they're all look the same, Bam, bam, bam. and they're just throwing them away. So, how do you get a job interview? You have to be different. They have to get to yours and look at it and in like two seconds, they see something interesting that's not the same as everybody else. They go, oh, what's this? That's all you need, really. You just need that. And of course, in a good way, not you can be interesting in a really bad way. We don't want that. But something interesting that's positive and they see it and they go, hmm, this person's a little different. This person, right? There's something there that's a little more persuasive, a little more interesting. Boom. Guess what they do? And they don't throw your resume away. They don't put it in the trash. They put it over to the side. You get a job interview. They're going to call you. That's all you need from a resume. That's the only purpose of a resume is that. Get the attention, get a phone call. That's it. That is the only purpose for the resume after you have the job in the job interview, that's when you really sell yourself, okay? That's when you really do the strong sales and, again, you have to be different. You can't be the same as everybody else. You can't give the same answer. What's your greatest weakness? Everybody says, oh, I'm a workaholic. Oh, I just care too much. Oh, they give these stupid bullshit answers, right? It's the same stupid stuff. They're trying to avoid giving a bad answer, which is fine. You don't want to give a bad answer, but... They avoid giving a bad answer by being boring. By saying exactly the same as everybody else. So, the job interviewer is kind of like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, right. They've heard the same answer a hundred times. So, it's not a bad answer, but it's also not a good one. So, you've got to give a much more, you've got to give an interesting, positive, more powerful, more persuasive answer to these questions. You've got to sell, okay? Again, most people go to a job interview, they think job interview, job interview. I don't want you to think that way. I want you to think sales presentation. That's what you're doing. You're selling yourself. It's a sales presentation. Your job in a job interview. And what you need to do is sell. Sell, sell, sell yourself. That means you have to be persuasive. You've got to show some emotion. You've got to create some emotion. In the job interviewer, the person interviewing you, you've got to get them excited about you, interested in you. Okay? It's a sales presentation. It's not just some boring thing, uh oh, give the same answer from the book. So, this is key, very, very, very important. Emmanuel says, i got another question. A friend of mine runs his own business. He hired employees who are not reliable. They smoke weed always. Is it legal to fire him? Yes, fire their asses. Fire them now. Bye. Gone. Get out of here. Fire them. Smoke weed. Weed means marijuana. So his employees, his friend's employees are smoking marijuana all day at the, on the job. Fire them. Hishar says, "Um, I'm struggling with my college teachers explaining and telling them the system is wrong and horrible, but they fight against me. Well, of course they fight against you. They are the system. (laughs) So you're criticizing them directly. You're saying basically, you suck. (laughs) And it's probably true, but don't expect them to agree with you. Don't expect them to be happy about hearing it. Okay. They are the system. So of course they're going to disagree with you. You you're never, I won't say never, because there are a few good teachers out there um, who are different, but you rarely will convince a teacher to change their mind. Not one that's working in a system like that. So don't it's kind of a waste of time. A lot, it's a waste of a lot of energy to argue with them. What's the point? Really? They're not going to change. How are you seen, says in my country in just one day, a guy became a millionaire. What's your opinion? Uh, well, I don't know the details. How did he do that? So I, I don't know what my opinion. I mean, was he lucky? Did he do some great investment? You know, I, I don't know. So depends how he made it. How you do it is very important. Hmm, <laughs> Okay, gonna have to ban someone spamming. Look, if you have a comment or a question, that's fine. S- but I cannot uh, always read them all, okay? And I won't always read them all. So please don't type it like a 100 times, okay? okay i know you want me to answer it but uh one second let me
1: just
0: deal with this because then it just fills it up and i i can't see other people's comments someone's spamming look if you have a comment or a question (laughs) that's fine but i cannot uh always read them all okay and i won't always read them all so please don't type it like a hundred times okay (laughs) <laughs> okay I know there you we want go. me to answer it but okay good all right <laughs> well motion is correct about this that all this matters the font the style and the layout of a cv cv resume same thing Uh, Matters not only the experience and education and skills. Absolutely correct. Even if you're handsome, you need appropriate clothes to attract people. True. Yes, the layout, the paper you use, uh, you know, how easy it is to read it. uh, All that does, you're exactly right, it does. It can catch people's eye. Right? So, this is all true. It, it's very much true. Motion, exactly. I mean, you just... What you want to do, like, for if, if a resume, study advertising, right? Study advertisements, study copywriting, meaning the, you know, the writing of sales. Uh, and, you, and you'll kind of get some ideas. You'll see how they do it. How do they get attention? How do they persuade using words? And you can kind of take some of those ideas, and I teach some of them in my course, uh, and, and put them, use them yourself. And Vladislav, absolutely correct. You said it's better to apply for a job before they officially offer this job and everyone sees the job ad. 100% correct. Once there's an advertisement, once a company advertises a job in the newspaper or, well, you know, now it's probably more online. But anyway, once there's an advertisement, now thousands and thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions, are seeing the ad. Now you're competing against a gigantic number of people. Very tough. But if you send your resume and cover letters to companies before they advertise a job, so you're just sending them, you don't know if they have a job opening now. They might not have an opening right now, but maybe three months later they will. So you want just to get the attention of the managers and you start creating a relationship with them and you start persuading them and they get to know you. Now you're ahead of everybody else, right? You have very little or possibly no competition because there's no ad yet. That's a much better, much easier situation to get a job. Con-lomerate. Con-lomerate. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this. Anyway. Hi, Jay. How, uh, how can we get your business English course? Just go to my website and go to the bottom. There's a menu. Business English. Also, what levels the course? It's a little more advanced. I'd say kind of a high intermediate. Is it a good fit with advanced fluent speakers? Yeah, I'd say so. You, you get some good um, idioms in it, which... You know, if you're super advanced, maybe not. But uh, but if you're kind of a high intermediate, even low advanced, I think it would be good. You can always try it. Of course, we have a money back guarantee. So if you try it the first the first unit and you think it's too easy, just email us and we'll you know we'll send, we'll refund your money. No big deal. All right. Well, let's see. D- uh, digged. Uh, if the product itself is low quality and I know that, how can I persuade the customer to buy it? Well, why do you want to? Really? <laughs> if, it, if it really, if the product sucks, then uh, it's it's hard. If you're a good person, if you're an honest person, then it indeed, it is difficult to persuade because then you have to lie. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, some people do that a lot of we know this we know lots of companies lots of big companies constantly they sell their products by lying 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 or hiding the truth so I would say get it, get it make a if it's your product make it better until you feel confident about it that you feel it's good you know it's about your feeling like you feel it's really good and if you're working for another for a company then maybe change companies right change to a better company so you can feel it's much easier to persuade this is a good point because this is kind of like talking about character and something deeper that's important for persuasion it's easier to persuade when you really believe in the product or as we're talking about today we're talking about ourselves job interviews resumes that means you've got to believe in yourself well if you know you're a lazy terrible worker It is hard to be good in job interviews because, you know, you're kind of lying, right? So maybe the first thing you have to do is become better, become better, learn some skills, uh, get more self-discipline, become a better worker, become more productive, become a high, you know, higher performer. Maybe just start in a lower job and, you know, become a really, really good worker first. And then you you feel this honest confidence about yourself. It becomes much easier than to do a good job in a in an interview, because you know that you're good. You know you're good. And indeed, this happened. You know, I, this this is actually this is a great this is a great question. The more I think about it, good question. Very good. Because I can think back in my own life, <laughs> when I was young and I was applying for some jobs, and the truth was, I was not really qualified. And the truth was, I was a lazy little guy, lazy dude, lazy young guy, lazy young man. Didn't really want the jobs even, but I needed money. And so I tried to BS, bullshit, meaning it's not, you know, it's kind of half lying, it's exaggerating, you know, you're, you're just giving the answers you think you're supposed to give. You, you give answers you think they want to hear. But then at the same time, I always kind of, you know, I always knew inside that uh, I'm, I'm bullshitting. This isn't, you know, this isn't really coming from my heart. This isn't real. I'm performing. Uh, and I did not do well. And, it, and also I was much more nervous because I knew that. I could feel it. And then later in my kind of two more serious careers as a social worker first and then later as an english teacher uh first as a social worker i got to the point fairly quickly where i felt like i was pretty good at what i did you know and uh and then english teaching i know when i first started i was so-so but then as i got better and better as a teacher i did i became very confident and by the end of my career as a working jobs as a teacher, I was super confident. I mean, I knew I was better than most teachers. Not, you know, just just fact, just I know I was because I could see the results. I could, uh, I saw the results of my students. And so I became kind of, maybe even cocky a little bit, <laughs> but still uh, very, very confident. And then I, be, which helped me in job interviews because they could feel it. The interviewers, it made me, it was really easy to get jobs at that point. So there is, you know, there are all the techniques and all these things, but there is something kind of deeper and internal that the more confident you really are about yourself and that you really are good, then it becomes pretty easy in a job interview to to say, I'm good, hire me. And I'll tell you exactly why I'm good. And I'm being honest, this is all real. I'm not bullshitting. So that's a good point. It's When it's real, it's much better. Konnichiwa, <sighs> yeah, and like and, and then from a business persuac- perspective, a lot of self, as I kind of mentioned before, if you do persuade someone to buy a bad product from you, They'll find out it's a bad product and won't trust you anymore. And this is the problem long term. So short term, you can do it. If you're good, you can do it. You can certainly sell junk. You know, it's possible if you're really... so Good marketers can sell anything, <laughs> okay? But, um, but only once. Because if you buy it, and you pay a lot of money, and it's garbage, let's just say a car, right? So you go and you buy a used car somewhere, and the salesman's really good and so you buy and you pay too much money but then the car's junk and it has all these problems well you'll never go back there again right and also you'll tell your friends never go to that place you know their cars are junk and so long term it will hurt the business you know unless it's a giant company with millions or billions to spend on marketing but for most regular companies uh, it kind of hurts them long term. Um, Ibrahim Ali says should I have a personal website and put in my resume? Because someone told me I should include in my resume. What do you think? Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I think I talk about that in the business course, actually. I did that myself as an English teacher. I had a personal website. It's before Effortless English. I had a website before Effortless English. It was my personal teaching website. And I did have my resume on there with uh, some examples of my work. And I would send that to people, to schools. So, yes, you can do that. It's not a bad idea. This is great from Aline again. I have something to tell you, AJ. Three years ago, I couldn't, I could not speak anything. I did everything by myself because of you. Today, I can speak. You are amazing. Fantastic, and congratulations to you. Of course, you did the work. So you deserve the credit. You deserve the congratulations. Well done. I like to hear these stories. Thank you for sharing it. Oh, that's interesting. Hishar must be in classes here. I chose the Alchemist novel for a research paper. You explained it in a powerful way. I've taken many powerful messages you gave, put them on my paper. My supervisor admired it. Oh, that's nice. It's a good book. Very nice messages in that book. (laughs) The law. My next plan is to marry an American, so I'll speak well. It's one way to do it. Marry one that cannot speak your language. (laughs) Then you're forced. Just date one, right? Then you have to speak English. (laughs) Yeah, so Priscilla, I mean, this is a a problem. And I agree with this. uh, It's not just Brazil. Priscilla says, uh, sales courses in Brazil are not concerned with ethics, character, truth. They teach persuasion techniques. If you don't have a solid character, you just start lying. I'd say that sales courses almost everywhere. This is uh, one of the problems with, you know, just it's books. You get a lot of, you know, there's a lot of great books on persuasion and sales and they teach good techniques. But, like Priscilla's saying, um, most of them only teach you the techniques and they don't tell you, they don't teach you the character underneath. It's again why I like the Seven Habits book. It's that Stephen Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He talks about persuasion, but it's all based on character. It comes from character first, developing that character first, kind of assuming that's first. But you're right, and this is the problem, and this is, um, there's two problems with this. Number one, as you said, if there's no character, if there's no truth, then you are just, you're lying and manipulating. But, I think there's another problem that's just practical. And that is, if there's no character, if there's no truth underneath what you're selling, what you're persuading, then you become less persuasive. I think it's hard to use the techniques well if you don't really believe. I mean, this is one reason I can sell Effortless English uh, very powerfully and easily. I really believe it. I really 100% believe in uh, Effortless English and the system and the courses. Why? Because I've seen thousands of students succeed with the courses. You know, just like I just read one, right? These kind of success stories again and again and again and again and again and again and again. So I know it works. I have total confidence. Back when I was using these techniques in a classroom, I could see it with my own eyes. So I have total confidence in it. It's coming from truth and experience. So I don't, I have no doubts. So I can sound, I do sound very confident when I talk about it. That's why. But if I tried to sell something else, if I tried to sell a car let's say <laughs> if i got a job selling cars i would maybe not be so good because number one i don't know a lot about cars and until i became confident about knowing about cars and understanding them and knowing the truth and really knowing what i how i was helping people it would be very hard even though i know the techniques it still would be difficult and i think for so Having that character and the truth, it's kind of, it is the first step. And most books don't teach it or talk about it, but it is the truth. And it's just, it's the same you your job interviewing. Okay, the first thing is you should be good at the job. Okay, if you're applying for a job and really you're not good enough, uh, then you probably shouldn't try to get the job. Because even if you succeed, if you do, your resume's great, your job interview's fantastic, you get the job, but then you'll suck, <laughs> okay? You, you can't really do it. You don't have the skills. You don't have the experience. So you're just going to embarrass yourself and have a bad experience. You're going to feel stressed out. So it's not worth it. It's not worth lying or bullshitting or whatever if you're not really good, good enough, Much better would be to get a job that's lower level, maybe lower pay, but you know, 100% you know you will be good and do that job for a while and get more skills and learn more and get that big confidence and the bosses notice you and everything and then go for the higher job and then go for the higher job, feeling strong and confident, knowing I definitely can do that job, right? So though I, I think that's the better way not yeah like Ahmad used to sell cars and he says I'm an English teacher now but I used to sell cars I sold used cars and my I can tell you to be honest is the best selling style indeed indeed I can give you a, like a little example from my life um, not selling cars but uh, car mechanics people who uh, repair cars So, again, in in America, there are a lot of guys who are not so honest, right? They will charge you a huge amount of money uh, that's not necessary. And it's very tough. If you don't know about cars, it's hard to know. Are they lying to you? Are they cheating you? But after a while, you kind of start to think, ah, these guys are cheating me. Well, I had this, um, there were these mechanics in my hometown. I was a poor, poor college student at the time and they were just so honest right they would i'd come in and i would think i would i took my car to one place and they said oh it's very serious you know we have you have to pay you know four hundred dollars to fix it and i was oh i can't i don't have the money and then a friend said try these other mechanics they're really good and they're very honest so i went to them and they said no 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 it's not serious it's like you know thirty dollars we can fix it and it's fine They were honest. They could have lied to me and charged me a lot more, but they didn't. But because of that, guess what? For the rest of my time living there, so 13 years I lived in that town, I always went to them. And of course, during 13 years, I actually did spend, I spent a lot of money with them because sometimes my car did have a serious problem and I paid them. I would not, I was super loyal to them. I trusted them and so I went back again and again and not just me these guys were like kind of famous in my town their customers loved them they never had to advertise they never spent any money advertising because all word of mouth because their customers really loved and trusted them and so they built a very strong business long term by being more honest sometimes they even would do a small repair for like nothing they would say ah no charge don't worry So, and and these little, these little things, okay, maybe short term they made less money, but long term they made a lot more money. A lot of people, uh, Zohar says, a lot of people lie the most on their CVs. <laughs> yeah. Most people do. And Again, the problem is if you lie in the CV but then you get into the job and uh, it becomes obvious that you're not actually very good, you know, you, that's not a good situation. You're just going to be stressed out in a job you can't really do well. So, make it real. Become really good. I mean, that's, Really kind of the first thing before the marketing is be really good. Be good at what you do. Work hard. Get those skills. Slavika. Oh, thank you. Slavika has a nice success story too. After seven months of membership in the VIP program, and intense listening and reading. I understand about 95% of English. Previously, it was just my dream. Thanks a lot, AJ. Thank you, Slavica. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, because you did a great job. So, seven months. That's nice. Good job. Well, you're up with an interesting question. Do you think good products can exist without good marketing? Yes, but it's hard for them to survive long term. I think there probably are, you know, a good number of, especially small businesses that have a pretty good product or a good service, but they still fail. In fact, I think this is somewhat common with small businesses, new businesses, especially where they'll focus a lot on making sure the product is really good or the service is really good, but they don't. They don't learn marketing or they're nervous about marketing. A lot of people don't feel comfortable. A lot of people feel uncomfortable selling and advertising and doing marketing. They feel, uh, they, they kind of, they're they trying to be modest. You can't be modest. <laughs> um, and so they actually fail. You know, I'll just get like an example. Let's say maybe there's a restaurant that opens. The food's fantastic. The food is great, but it still fails because they, don't, they never get enough customers. They don't advertise or market well enough to so they they don't get enough people into their restaurant and they die. It's fairly common. Yeah. So, marketing is uh, in business. I mean, these are the two. You need a good product or service and you need good marketing and sales. These are the two most important. Everything else is secondary in business, I would say. Those are the top two. You've got, and really you need both for long-term success to really survive, you need both. Yeah, you know, like this is another common problem and this is kind of like in retail, in shops, right? Uh, Letercio says, uh, what happens a lot here, where I live, there's always a seller who doesn't know enough about the product, right? This is, often caused by uh, newer employees or the employees are constantly changing. So they never, they really don't know much. There's no, there are not much alternative alternative options. What should I do as a customer? This is super common in the United States too. In fact, it's so common, it's kind of funny because it's a little different in Japan. Like if you go to a shop in Japan, let's say you go to an electronics store, you want to buy something. So, my wife will f- often, if she goes, she'll ask a staff, you know, someone working there. She'll ask, oh, which refrigerator do you recommend? Which MP3 player's good? And they actually will know. They actually have some training. And they might actually know about it. They might have some knowledge. But when we are, we're, we're in America visiting, and sh- le- maybe we're shopping at electronics store, let's say, for example, and we're looking for something and my wife will say ask somebody ask somebody and I always say no, no, no and I refuse and like she wouldn't you know we kind of later discuss why and I said look it's not like Japan they don't know anything they don't know anything about the products here they're making you know six dollars an hour they're probably new even if they're not new they don't know anything so what you know in America I, I have to do research I research everything online if I'm going to buy, especially something expensive or something I want to be nice. You just, you get online, you try to find reviews, you do, you know, you read the information about the products and you just kind of figure out what you want to buy first, then you buy it. A lot of times, like, I'm buying online now. A lot of people do this because the companies don't train their employees enough now. So, they really don't know it. Like, even cars... You know, you kind of have to research yourself. So that's what I do, Larcio, is I just, in America, I don't ask the employees because I, I I feel they give bad advice usually. They don't really, they have no idea. Well, I don't know. Uh, this one's popular, right? It's like they don't really know anything. I usually know more than they do because I've been researching it and they don't. So just do your research. That's the magic of the internet. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Alexa gives a, an example of kind of what happens with lies. They tend, you tend to get caught eventually. My friend's acquaintance was lying to get a high-paid job. He frequently stated he had a perfect level of English, but eventually, he couldn't even pass the first stage of the interview. Yeah. I mean, that's a great example of a kind of foolish lie. You could put this on a resume, maybe a phone interview. Oh, yes, my English is great. But what happens when they test you? Right? Maybe the first interview or maybe the second job interview, they do it in English. And maybe the job interviewer, the company person, is really good in English. Maybe they're a native speaker even, or they're just good. And, well, they're going to know. They're they're going to know very quickly if you can really speak or not right and if you've been lying they're going to know quite fast or even worse you get the job and then they expect you to speak english really well and then you can't and you cause problems with customers and yeah, it's going to be very difficult and embarrassing so there's really kind of no point in doing it i think Yeah, Vladislav is kind of describing, well, says, uh, in Moscow, you don't need a car. Public transport is cheaper and often faster. Sometimes it's even faster to get to a place by walking. Yeah, Japan's the same. I don't have a car. Because I usually just walk, but the Japanese public transport is also fantastic, like in Russia. Okay, I think we're about done. I guess I have to go take care of babies. Oh, we had a good movie club yesterday. I hope you all will join us on Sundays for the movie club because this movie's—I really am enjoying this movie. It's—it's it's a great movie. I like The Matrix. You—I you, think you all know that. But this movie is wonderful. It's so positive, is what I like. So it makes me feel good every week when we watch it. you know Brave New World kind of made me feel a little depressed every week (laughs) and The Matrix not really and The Matrix is a cool movie but you know there were some heavy messages underneath that movie but Jerry Maguire is uh is such a like I've said many times such a sweet positive good movie about really about virtue and love and family and purpose and it's just got, it's just great so I, you should join us you know you can join VIP or you can get the recordings later if you want but you know the the live class is free every Sunday so I encourage you join join that movie club on Sunday just you can follow me on social media up here you'll see on the screen gab.com AJ hogue. And I announce I give a link every week on Sunday, about this same time, when I'm going to do the movie club. But We had a great time yesterday doing that movie club, and I think everybody's enjoying this movie, Jerry Maguire. It's fantastic. And the other thing about this movie is that the English, there's, a, there's just so many good vocab words and so many great phrases and idioms and things that we're getting from this movie. There's so much talking and good conversation in the movie. Again, compared to The Matrix. The Matrix was a good movie, but it's an action movie, so there was less. This movie is kind of Mm, how would you classify it? Romantic comedy? Drama? Mix? (laughs) But anyway, it's got a huge amount of talking and some great monologues. That's when one person speaks and some great conversations. So anyway, join us on Sundays. Even if you missed the first few already, join us live on Sundays. So again, follow me on gab.com up there and you'll get the information about the movie club. Okay, I'm going to answer this last one. I'll answer two more. This one and one more. My Mustafa, good to see you again. I want to, AJ, I want to work at an, I want to work in advertising after graduation. I still don't know enough. How can I build my knowledge? Yeah, right. Okay. So if you're studying advertising in college, big waste of time mostly. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> You're not learning much. What, what you got to do it is is you got to get into the real world and start advertising. I mean, that's how you learn. Now, there are two kinds of advertising, my friend, <laughs> in general. <laughs> um, you know, on one the hand, there's what, what, what you might call, a lot of people call brand advertising. Brand advertising. Essentially, this is the kind of advertising that big, big, big companies do. This is the kind of advertising Coca-Cola does. Pepsi, Nike. Okay, these guys have millions and millions and millions, in some cases, billions of dollars to spend on advertising and marketing. They're doing brand advertising, which means that in each ad, like you see one ad on TV, they're not directly selling in the ad. You know, you'll notice this, right? They... they Sometimes it's 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 almost strange when you're watching this ad and you're just kind of like, what are they trying to sell me? I don't even know. And only at the end do you even know which company it is. That's brand advertising. They're trying to create certain, attach really, connect certain emotions to their product with the idea that long term this will cause you to buy. But it's not a short term thing. Okay, so that's one kind. The other kind of advertising we call direct marketing. Direct marketing. Now, this is the kind of advertising that is most useful for small and medium level businesses. These are businesses that do not have millions and millions or billions of dollars to spend on TV ads and everything, okay? This kind of advertising, this is the kind of advertising that needs to sell and fairly quickly. Right? You can't... Because advertising is expensive. If you're a small company, if you spend $10,000 on advertisement, you need to make more than $10,000 in sales. Right? Or else you're going to lose money and go broke. So this kind of advertising has to get fairly quick results and measurable results. It's the kind of advertising I do. It's the kind that really all small and medium sized businesses should do. So my, first of all, you need to decide, do you want to work in a giant for giant companies, doing brand advertising and some, probably working at some either at a big company or at a big advertising agency? Or do you want to focus on doing ads for smaller and medium sized companies? So, you have to decide that first. Then after you decide that, then you've got to start actually making ads. you got to start selling stuff. Uh, get clients. Work for free. Volunteer. Do anything you have to do. Start your own business. And start getting direct experience in ads. And measure. This is the key thing in advertising. If you really want to be good, and there's a lot of people who do this, who do advertising, they make a lot of money but they, they, their ads really actually suck. They don't sell. And the, the really good ad- advertisers, in my opinion, the good marketers, they measure so they know. They can prove that they're ads are actually selling, that their marketing is actually working. So you have to learn. So read books. This is where i recommend reading books on direct marketing. Just do a search in Amazon or online, direct marketing, direct marketing, and read a lot of those books. Even if you do brand marketing later for big companies, it's still good knowledge to have. You can still learn some useful things. And one of the most useful is learning how to test advertising, how to measure it to make sure it's effective. So you're not just wasting money. Danielle, how do you pronounce Tommy Hilfiger? That's how I say it. Okay, last one, last one, last one, last one. Some people discussing cars. (laughs) Thank you, Yeri. Hello to you, too. Okay, well I'll just I'll mention this just the thing about kind of connected to our book club, Cleafy says, uh I was obsessed to buy a car. But after being coached with your nice podcast, I and being red pill, I just see it as a waste of money now. Yeah, and it can be. It depends. You know, car is one of those things. It really depends where you live. <laughs> uh so right, you know, when I well I don't know, for the last six, seven, eight, I don't know, last 10, 15 years, I have lived in big cities. I don't need a car, so I don't have one. I haven't had a car. I lived in Bangkok, Thailand, no car necessary. I lived in San Francisco, no car necessary. And living in Osaka, no car necessary. However, I did live in Hawaii for a year and I needed a car there. I had to have a car because the public transport was terrible. There were no, were no trains at all, a really terrible bus that was super slow and didn't go many places. And it's kind of spread out, the island we were on. So, you know, in some places it's necessary, especially in like the United States and other big countries. If you're living out more in the countryside, well, then sometimes you do need a car. So it's not, I'm not saying cars are all bad, but you just have to, again, think about it carefully. Do you really need it? If you live in a big city with good public transportation like Moscow, like San Francisco, like Osaka, then, uh, then you don't. You can save a lot of money by uh, avoiding. I, I'm happy not to have a car. I save a lot of money. And it's also, you know, cars are kind of stressful. I find it because they're always you always worry there's always some sound it always feel like it's going to break down and have some problem and <laughs> so I I enjoy I feel like my life is much more simple without a car I don't need to worry about it so I, I like not doing it okay anyway lots of love to you so remember business English course VIP members check your email check your inbox check your spam folder even uh, let's say tomorrow i give you 24 hours. And then go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com If you look in the bottom you'll find the menu Business English Course. Click there. Hope you enjoy it. I'll be back tomorrow. Lots of love to you. EffortlessEnglishClub.com Bye for now.